And welcome to the WDW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangiello, and this is show number 216 for the week of April 3rd, 2011. There are countless opportunities in Walt Disney World to explore and appreciate attractions, details, and other experiences in many new ways. Sometimes, it just takes looking at something with a different perspective. And this week, we hope to help you do just that as we examine the top 10 water features in Walt Disney World. Often beautiful, kinetic, and sometimes overlooked, they are yet another layer of entertainment and story to be enjoyed throughout the resort. I'll announce dates and details about upcoming Meets of the Month in Walt Disney World, including something special we're going to do to make a difference as well as details about the all-new WDW Radio Disney Book Club. I'll then play more of your voicemails at the end of the show, so sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WDW Radio Show. show and the audio guides and celebrations magazine, I've always tried to help you find, examine, and appreciate the little details that Disney puts into every aspect of Walt Disney World. From the attractions, to the cues, to the sounds, and even the scents. If you remember our top 10 smells of Walt Disney World from show number 75, Musty Water. Sometimes, though, we're so busy enjoying the experience or looking so closely at or for something that we miss some of the larger details that help create the environments or the experiences themselves. So this week, we're going to look at a top 10, and then some, of something that can be very simple to something kinetic to something that may be interactive or even simply passive. As we explore the top 10 water features in Walt Disney World. And so when you hear top 10, you know two things. One, that it's going to be way more than 10. And two, that Tim Peter Panic Foster will be 
probably joining me. Tim, Peter welcome Panic. back. Peter Panic. So that that suggestion came from two listeners, actually, as well as the idea for this segment that came during one of the live broadcasts we had. So thanks to the listeners for the uh, Tim Foster nicknames. Please keep them coming. And for top 10 water features, Tim, I got to tell you, I, I love this idea. And that's why we kind of jumped on this uh, pretty quickly after a listener suggested it. Well, you know, it's, it's funny. By the way, is it Peter Panic? Because I'm afraid I'm going to fall in the volcano on Peter Pan. I think it's more the childhood innocence the- of Tim Foster with that paralyzing fear of riding anything any- that goes over five miles an hour. Pretty much, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm very curious to see what you have on your list because my first reaction was to shy away from the obvious. And I'm not sure if you're going down that path, too. I did as well. There are so many obvious ones out there. Right. And I specifically left it vague when I said water features. I I didn't go into a lot of details. I just threw it out there because I wanted to see what you came up with. And I have a feeling that, scary as it sounds, we may think alike in staying away from you know, Bay Lake, um, which is not on my list. Right. I did cheat and combined a lot of them, which is my answer to your 57 honorable mention. Right. I did cheat, which is what I always do, which <laughs> by having more than five. You know, you have five, I have five. Well, uh, I have reser- I have ones in reserve for when you steal mine. Exactly, because I'm sure there's going to be overlap. Um but in the interest of courtesy, I will want to lend again, allow you to go first and give me, again, it doesn't have to really be in any particular order, but one of your top 10 water features in Walt Disney World. And maybe you can preface it by telling me what sort of came to mind first when you heard water feature. That my wife gets wet on pretty much any ride that involves water. <laughs> and I was sure that's going to come up. <laughs> It wouldn't have, you couldn't have let that die, but now that you did, please continue. <laughs> um, the other one, I will say, when I order mine, they're, they're not in, they're never in order, I've realized, from best to worst, if you will. They always seem to be in order of, I get the ones out of the way, which I think may be on your list, so I don't, so you don't steal mine. Okay. So I'm starting with, and this is one of my cheating com- combination ones. <laughs> is the um, all of the water to be found at the Imagination Pavilion. I know how much water there is to find. Um, first, we start, of course, with the upside-down waterfall, which is named kind of funny. I'm not so sure. Be, well, upside-down makes sense, of course. Straight up in the air is the way I'd like to put it. Um, and, and, of course, leading over to the to the ponds with the how did somebody put this to me the the worms of water that shoot through the air <laughs> which i never heard it quite described like that um the jumping which always fascinate me and, and Lou, confess you're the one of the i always see little kids standing up there trying to get their hands wet trying to get their heads wet you've been up there that yourself once in a while i have it, and still at, at age 42 i'm frustrated that i can't reach the water i still you know well, that's another show for another time, but um, it's a lot of fun. That not, I don't know if I, I might have done that the first time I've been there, but it, other than just the the sheer joy of watching, was really fascinating. Is to watch all of the kids and and older kids uh, try and get up in the way and catch one in their hands uh, and get wet. 
the other thing in the Imagination Pavilion, which I think it's overlooked a lot, and I hope it's still there, I'm going to feel real dumb, is the other fountain that's uh, up even beyond the, uh, the ju- leaping fountains, as we call them. It's, I don't even know how to describe it. It's the same, looks the same, but the water pops up in the air. That's the best I can come up with as a description for it. Um, I think as opposed to the other two water features in, in the Imagination Neck, one gets a little bit overlooked because it's sort of tucked away in the back there when there really isn't much else there to look at. Um, but still a lot of fun. It's different. It's unique from everything else that's, that's at Epcot or at Walt Disney World. And uh, the thing with the Imagination I like is how it all ties together. And it even ties in with all of the water that's in Future World West, which, which which in of itself is a pleasure to just sit and look at on a nice, peaceful afternoon. Um, and this is where I'm really cheating and tying this into something else. Um, having the imagination tie into the water in Future World West, leading all the way down to the seas with Nemo and friends, which I'm combining these. That's another one of my favorite water features is the, the Mine, Mine, Mine fountain out in front. And I noticed this last time, Lou, and confess you've done this yourself. There are two places in Walt Disney World that people always feel compelled to say something. And one of them <laughs> is at this fountain. Because pretty much everyone who walks by that has to go, mine, 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 just like the seagulls do. And the other one, I'm not sure if I mentioned this before, and that has nothing to do with this list, but I'm throwing it out there anyway, is in Mickey's Magic when Tinkerbell flies across the screen and Everybody feels compelled to say Tinkerbell, as if we don't know who she is. And I bet you've done both of them. You had me with mine. You lost me on Tinkerbell. Ah, well, well, notice it. Next time you're in there, and uh, this may pop up again on my list somewhere. But when she comes down, somebody somewhere in the theater will announce who it is for those of you who didn't know who she was. Yeah, they're usually six, but that's okay. I um, <laughs> I, I like well, your... still... <clears throat> I like your first, excuse me, uh, one on your list because it's one that I expected you to have first on your list. I know we sort of both have uh, an affinity towards the Imagination Pavilion, uh, and and I did not put it on my list. But again, to you, the first one out was not an attraction. You know, we when we think about water features, sometimes people think of oh, uh, you know, the waterfall in this attraction or the the drop on splash. You went to an aesthetic thing at a pavilion. And I like this one as well because it gives a sense of movement. It's very kinetic and you can see it from a distance and it very much acts as sort of that visual weenie over to the Imagination Pavilion. Uh, What is normally sort of a a passive experience looking at the water features, again, for kids and kids at heart that want to stick their hands in it, it does become sort of a mini playground at times, um, something that they've expanded into other parts of the theme parks and, and downtown Disney as well. Uh, I liked how you connected it to the little waterways in Future World on that side of the park. Definitely a stretch and nice way to sneak in uh, the Living Seas with <laughs> Did that you like well. how I did that? Do you remember way back when the Living Seas first opened and it had the big crashing waterfalls yes. right, when it was sponsored by United Technologies? Yes, loved that very much. I'm glad they kept that anyway, that, that feature. Even, you know, they changed it and re, redressed it a little bit, but I always loved that. I'm glad it's still there. 
I agree. And I will tell you that one of my favorite things to do and places to sort of sit quietly with my pretzel and or box of popcorn is there's sort of that little covered shaded area right in front of the Imagination Pavilion on the walkway towards Interventions. There's a couple of nice benches there depending on the time of day. You've got the shadow, you've got the monorail going overhead, and you've got the waterfall in the distance. Really sort of a nice place to sort of take a few minutes and uh, eat. Oh, you're making me weepy. I like that. I'm making myself hungry. Forget that. All right. <laughs> so I'm going to move on to the first on my list, and I am reordering my list because this is probably my favorite one on the list, and I'm taking it because I'm afraid that you are that a I got lying, it. cheating thief <laughs> and will steal it first. So I'm going to say that over in, uh, also in Epcot Center, uh, but this time in World Showcase, where oh. many of mine actually are, here it comes, brother. You know it. Over in Japan. Oh! Uh, I ha- I see. I knew it would be on your list. Uh, and I'm piggybacking on yours. Go ahead. That's quite okay because I originally sort of started off with, you know, the waterfall and the koi pond and that, that nice flowing stream, um, the little bridges and the, the bamboo. Every one of mine. Slow down. It's there. all going to – listen, I'm taking over all of Japan. I am encompassing all of Japan here because oh, you because can help really, me then because I had a question about it. So. Well, that's okay because the the stream really starts in back by the the Yakitori House again, mm-hmm. one of my very oh. favorite places Yum-yum. in all of Walt Disney World. Eating at Yakitori House up on the patio uh, mm-hmm. under the covered lantern, you know where the lanterns are at dusk. It's beautiful up there, but the waterfall begins up there, it goes down through the gardens into the Koi Pond, there's beautiful stonework there, uh, it has a lot of, of uh, meaning behind it, you know, balance of, of energy and serenity, um, it, uh, it has the beautiful architectural elements of, of early Japan, um, there's so much to it, not the least of which the fact that it revolves around food, but I think day or night, um, it, it's beautiful and it's a nice sort of quiet place to wander. And I think Tim, a lot of a place a lot of people really don't go um, and sort of wander back there a little bit. And during Flower and Garden Festival, a lot of times you'll find the bonsai trees and stuff back there. But uh, arguably one of my very favorite places in all of Walt Disney World property. Oh, you had me at Koi Pond. Well, here I I, I am going to piggyback on yours because this was another one of my cheating ones. I crammed. Oh, at least six into this one. It was World Showcase in general. See how I did that? But help me with the question. Wait a minute. You can't lump 11 yes, pavilions into one answer. Yes, There's so much water there. We'll, we'll find. We can round out 10. Easy. But here's my question with the koi pond, and you can help me or the listeners can help me. One of the things I like about it is the, the bamboo... Uh, tube that fills with water and goes kaplunk. What is that called? The best I could find was the Japanese term, which I believe is shishi odoshi. And right. please, anybody who I'm pronouncing that wrong, please let me know. I I thought it was water hammer or water drum or something. I can't I don't know what that is, but do you know what I'm talking about? That feature. So I usually get the spicy tuna roll. And then I also get one of the boxes with the, the beef and the chicken. And then the iced green tea is awesome. And you sit outside, and if you time it right at night, you get the, the lanterns and World Showcase at dusk is beautiful. Well, I want one at home. So anybody knows what that is, 
tell Lou so he can tell me. I, I swore I knew what it was called once, but I, the thing with about World Showcase, and you took Koi Pond, so I'm not putting that on my list, but are all the other, uh, so to speak, natural water features that are there, and non-natural water features. And I'm not talking about the River of Time or Maelstrom, but... You just threw two uh, in. Go ahead. <laughs> so, you just you snuck two in right there. Go ahead. See how I did that? <laughs> um, but anywhere you go, uh, the lily pond in, in China, the, the creek in O Canada and Four. the Victoria Gardens, contrasted by the raging river through the Rocky Five. Mountains. <laughs> I got more. The Neptune Fountain in Italy. Six. where I, I don't know if this is out there, but it might quest to find my own hidden mickey that i can call my own i swear there's one in the stonework behind the statue everybody probably knows what i'm talking about well if nobody does then that one's mine i'm gonna <laughs> lay claim to it and the most one of the most beautiful photo spots of all in front of the fountains in france seven um seven uh i'll stop there i think that's enough cheating but uh Water features abound in World Showcase, and obviously one of my favorite places of all in Walt Disney World, and that's why. Very few of those I actually get wet. Not all of them. Well, I, I almost found the France fountain. One. I agree with all those, and I think the fr- I'm happy that you have ended with France because I think it's a it's a wonderful photo opportunity. Um, it's just it's beautiful visually, um, you know, and, and a lot of these two. There's an auditory element, you know, like in Japan, hearing the flowing of the waterfall, hearing the fountains uh, as you're sitting there enjoying your Napoleon from the bakery or whatever it might be, very much adds to uh, the overall experience. I think a lot of people, it's very subconscious for them. But one thing that I'm happy that you left off of your list, although I will admittedly say that I'm surprised is also in World Showcase, and it's. I'm going to mention it next on my list as long as we're staying in this part of uh, Walt Disney World. And this is over in Morocco. And I think maybe you overlook it and some other people do as well because it isn't always on. But on the uh, lagoon side of the promenade where the, uh, where the stage is, where the store is, there is a water wheel. And there is this, uh, an ancient water wheel type lift that takes water from the lagoon and dumps it into a formal garden. Uh, it's very, very relaxing. There's beautiful, uh, very colorful beds of flowers. Um, the sound, again, of that water splashing through the troughs is is a lot of that experience for me, as long as Mo Rockin is not drowning out that sound. But it very much is that Moroccan-style desert garden. And again, there's that real working water wheel that I think a lot of people miss or maybe don't appreciate unless they just happen to maybe be sitting there. But I think it's a beautiful element. I think it's uh, significant because of, uh, you know, what it represents in in the sort of Moroccan culture and something that you would find there. Um, And again, one of those overlooked details for a lot of people. So the water wheel in Morocco is two on my list. Beautiful. I think I did overlook that because I'm usually captivated by your belly dancing. But, no, what you're really captivated by is you've mm. got to get the iced Moroccan mint tea Ooh. from the kiosk across the way. Baklava. You sit there. Oh, what a baklava. Nice. Tangerine Cafe, <laughs> one of my favorite counter service places, one of the best values on property. Different Absolute. topic for a different segment. But get your iced Moroccan mint tea. Don't put any sugar in it. 
straight up on the rocks. It's not alcoholic. Um, and sit there and just enjoy the the Moroccan water wheel. It's a good day, and it's a good oh, day in Epcot Center. We're so veering onto another list here. You know, you reminded <laughs> me of one I didn't even have on my list. So my conundrum is this. Do I go to the one I just thought of? Do I cheat and sneak it into one that isn't even close? Or you know we're way beyond 10 on the list already. All right, well, I'm going to 2A then. You reminded me of this one. The water wheel at the Swiss Family Treehouse. Oh, you forgot about that one too, didn't you? No, or I had that on. You had that on your list. <laughs> keep going. Did you have that on your list? That's quite all right. Keep going. No, I, I'll, I'll take it. Listen, back I off. have everything on my list. I'll take it back off. No, that's okay. You Go with what? it because I have plenty of backup. Well, so do I. Now I got to scratch one of mine. You know what? It was on your list. You probably thought. Well, long that's, no, that's okay. I just thought of it, so I have really nothing to say about it other than, boy, that's really cool. So, well, it's. I think we could sort of just mention it in in the fact that it is one of those water elements that is not an integral part of an attraction or like in Morocco, not necessarily a vital part of the environment or landscape. So a lot of times those are overlooked by people. Either they think that they are just props and not really working, but obviously Disney goes through a lot to make them very accurate um, and working as well, like, like Morocco. Right. It's very cool in, in, in the fact, too, that it's not just the water wheel that, you know, it connects up into the upper reaches of the tree. And if you took a moment and actually looked at it and followed it, it's really fascinating how it works. So I'm seeing that that didn't really count for my next one. Is that right, Judge? Yeah, that did not count. You're, you're okay. technically still on number 2A <laughs> or whatever it is. Uh, where was I going next? I'm going to go – I'm going out of the parks. Wow. And I hope I'm not ending up someplace you are. But I'm heading over to the Wilderness Lodge. Oh. Did you have that one? I, I have it on my list near the end because I knew, I, I prayed that you were going to mention Silver Springs. No, yeah, I'm taking this one. Silver Springs. Now, um, Epcot's my favorite place to stay, it being my favorite part. But Wilderness Lodge is sure a close second. Um and one of the things that, that makes it such a wonderful resort is the theming. It's, it's probably one of the most beautifully themed resorts on property. And the, the water features tie it all together, and it's amazing how it ties together, from the, the bubbling spring in the lobby to the streams leading to the pool, which um, my daughter participated in the rubber duck race, and I believe she won, so yay, daughter. Um, leading to the pool itself, of course, and then to the geyser. Um, it's, it's amazing how it's all integrated together. And even if you will, leading all the way out to Bay Lake, if you want to connect all the dots up, um, but it's just fascinating, no matter what part you're looking at, whether it is the pool or whether it's what you're wandering among the streams as you make your way through the pathways or washing the geyser uh, for all the hidden Mickeys in the pond there, um, amazing feat of design and imagineering and to pull that all together. And the backstory of it is incredible. And I shamelessly plugged the latest issue um, of Celebrations, where Jim Cork has had a wonderful piece on the Wilderness Lodge and the backstory. And, and not just the imagination that went into building it, but of the story that is behind it and, and the legend. It's, it's, it's a really fascinating story to read. 
but even beyond that, just a lot of fun to look at and listen to and follow and, and just enjoy. I could not agree more. Like you, Wilderness Lodge is one of my favorite places to stay. I think it's arguably one of the very best themed of the resorts. Certainly gives you that sense of escape from being in Central Florida. You, you certainly get the sense that you are in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, I love the Silver Creek Springs pool, how it just looks so very natural as it just over the years, it just sort of water eroded the rocks away and, and the, the waterfall and the slide and everything else like that. Oh, the See, slide, how could I forget Yeah, this? I mean, it just seems like it's supposed to be there. And then when you do end up, again, love being on the shores of Bay Lake, and then you've got, uh, you know, Fire Rock guys are off in the distance. It's it's a wonderful experience. You've got the beach there. You've got the watercraft. Um, I could not agree more about Wilderness Lodge. So, I'm Sorry I stole that one. That's quite all right. I'm hopefully going to steal some of yours. Uh, I don't know. My next two are really go with me there category type of thing. I've got a couple of go with me's. I have okay. a couple of go with me's. And, and I'm and again, I'm telling you that I have more than 10 on my list and I want to mention them all Surprise. simply because I want people to look for them. I think some of Wait, these things. Five on your list, right? Not 10. Yeah, somewhere around there. <laughs> um, trying to decide between the next two uh, and I'm going to go with um, this first one in the Magic Kingdom um, and timing being everything, it is something that's probably going to go away. And I think it's, again, something that a lot of guests, Tim, probably walk right by multiple times during the day, yet never really stop to look or listen um, unless they have a stroller. Because over in Fantasyland, by the Skyway Tower building, is a beautiful, serene little grotto right there. If you look at the Skyway to Tomorrowland building that looks like that Swiss chalet, right now it's used for stroller parking. In the, in the holiday time, it's used for some meet and greets. Uh, but off to the side, as you head towards the uh, walkway towards Liberty Square, there is a quiet little grotto there carved out of rock, uh, a, a small little waterfall and, and creek over there. Uh, it's another one of those places that is kind of out of the way. Sometimes I like just to sit on the rocks and, and watch people go by. Uh, there are plans, at least as far as we know at this point, for the Skyway building to go away. That area is going to change landscape a little bit with uh, restrooms being put there as the restrooms from across the way uh, by Peter Pan going to be taken out and extending the Peter Pan queue. So this is one that it's very small. It's very subtle. It's not necessarily a photo op unless you're going to miss the Skyway Tower, but it's one that I have, uh, especially in doing the audio guides over the past couple of months and years, have passed by over and over and over again and uh, really started to kind of notice for the first time. So I mentioned on the list in hopes of asking people to do the same. Oh, that's beautiful. Uh, you know, I'm guilty of overlooking that, and I just sat there last time I was there. But no, I couldn't agree with you more. That's fantastic. Yeah, if it's going away soon, that's sad news. Next time you come up, we'll go over, we'll share a funnel cake, uh, uh, a pickle, and a hug, uh, and we'll take us right. a, a picture right by the wow. window. How's that? Okay. <laughs> Not necessarily in that order. But, <laughs> so. All right. On to my next one. It gets away from this topic of conversation. Good idea. Um, which one should I go with? Both of these, you're going to go, oh, gee. 
I'm going to, well, I'll save, I'll save the real water for the last one, because the next one I'm going with are water features that aren't water features. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Now, stay, stay with me here. This is actually one of the things I, I very much like on, on all of these attractions is when you experience a, a rain scene, but it's not really rain, but the effects that are used to create the rain scenes are some of my favorite moments. And I'm throwing these in with water features because you're supposed to think they're water and you're supposed to think you're going to get wet. Um, I'm talking of effects like the tropical rainforest and living with the land where sure you're you're floating obviously on a boat there are waterfall features in there but the uh, the the raging thunderstorm effects that you see are are quite a, quite amazing and I'm always that's probably my favorite part of the whole ride except for finding the hidden Mickey pumpkins that's all um, another scene we've talked about many, many times is the storm scene in, in Pirates of the Caribbean. And that I, I think this is just another example of why that's a favorite scene pretty, pretty much any attraction. Um, we've talked about it as the scariest scene and, and probably many other things we've mentioned on the top ten list. But again, the, ra- the rain effects in that scene are amazing. Uh, the singing in the rain scene in The Great Movie Ride uh, – it's a small world, even with uh, its rainforest effects, a lot more whimsical than as you'd find in Pirates of the Caribbean or Living with the Land, but quite suitable for the ride. And my favorite one of all is in uh, The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. Yes. During the uh, blustery day scene, I think Blue agrees with that. Um, I'm endlessly fascinated with how they recreated the rain and the ripples in the pond, uh, or ripples on the puddles on the ground as you see them. Um, it's it just ties in so well with the the whimsy and the theme of the attraction itself. It's it's my favorite non water water attraction effect in Walt Disney. You know what? I'm what? giving you extra credit for that one oh. because it was out of the box thinking, and it made for some reason, Tim. It actually made sense when you said it. See that? And I think those are great examples. And, and as soon as you said it, I thought of the blustery day and that simple effect of making you feel as though you are floating along in the honeypot and we all are watching to try and figure out how they create the rain effect and watch as those puddles form uh you know in the three-dimensional scenes like that so uh big big kudos to you for for pulling that one out of thin air i'm probably going to give it all away on the next one but probably because you're gonna be like go bay lake is my favorite water feature because it's a big lake so (laughs) um yeah i like that I, i like that one a lot um Wow, how do I top that? How do I top the non-water water features? Because, again, a lot of the ones that I'm mentioning and that I have on my list are very, very subtle. And they're ones that I've come to appreciate. And, again, I, I think want to mention them in hopes of people trying to find them. So one that um, I, I have seen a lot lately because of a project that I'm working on exists also in the Magic Kingdom, not too far from the Fantasyland Grotto. Uh, This is very, very small. It's very out of the way. I think a lot of people, unless you look for it, don't look for it, nor maybe understand the story and significance of what it is. But as you uh, you go from Liberty Square, uh, 
and make your way into Frontierland. You cross over a small, um, what appears to be wooden walkway. Uh, that actually represents the crossing of you going across the Mississippi River and sort of that passage of, of time and space as you head west towards the Diamond Horseshoe in St. Louis. But as you do, as you begin to cross over there, if you look to your left, if you're coming from uh, Liberty Square, there's the breezeway to Adventureland. There's sort of a guardhouse there, which right now is uh, the getaway building for the Disney Vacation Club. But right before that, uh, if you look on the ground, you'll see that what you're walking over is, in fact, a bridge. And there's a very, very small um, waterfall that, that you can find there. And that waterfall is significant because that represents the Mississippi River that you're crossing over and that actually dumps out into the rivers of America. So it ties the Liberty Square land and story very much into the frontier land story and Americans journey westward uh, through time and and geographically across the country. So uh, the little waterfall that represents the Mississippi is the next one on my list. Was that, was that, should that have been a go with me here, people? That, no, that was outstanding. I just thought that was a waterfall. Oh, there, see, you learn something new every day. <laughs> that's really cool. See, that's just another example of how everything ties together. See that? Everything that you see and experience is about story. That's right. Well, for my, I think my unofficial count, this is the last one, <laughs> even though, you know. Honorable mentions are seen to follow here. These are a collection of, how do I say this? These are near misses, water features that are near misses. And um, in the sense that when you're on these attractions, there, there are water features coming up. And for the uninitiated or the novice rider, you may think you're about to get wet. But the beauty is you don't get wet. Even t- today, sometimes I'm still not quite sure they haven't tweaked it a little bit and I'm going to get wet anyway. And I'm talking about things like on Splash Mountain. Now, we're not talking the final plunge where you do get wet in the bare beginning where we learned you do get wet. But down in the laughing place with uh, the turtles bouncing up and down on their fountains, and the jets of water that shoot over your head, which look for all the world like you're going to get wet, but it's timed out such that you don't. But it's still it's a, a very fun and, and whimsical uh, section of the ride, which is, since it's about to get dark and very wet soon, it's, it's a, pleasant, uh, a pleasant retreat from what's going on around you anyway. But that's, that's one near miss. Another one would be on Pirates of the Caribbean after you come down the waterfall. And as the cannonballs are firing off around you, splashes are happening all around your boat, and they don't quite get you. Everyone knows I'm going to say this, unless you're my wife, in which case <laughs> you're going to get splashed anyway. Um, and now my wife did also remind me of the elephants on the Jungle Cruise, where, hold on, they're about to squirt. Oh, no, they're not. They're putting their trunks away. It's very nice. So um, those are the ones I remember. I'm sure there's many more I'm, I'm forgetting, but all those... Also, the backside of water on the Jungle Cruise, where, well, assuming you're sitting on the right side of the boat, you shouldn't get too wet. But, but all of those whimsical, fun water features that that look for all the world like they're 
they're an interactive part of the ride that's actually going to get you uh, wet and chilled and so forth. But don't, and that's a little ha-ha from the Imagineers as they put the ride together. So that's that ended up in my top spot, the near misses of water features. I like that a lot, and, and I'm, I'm sure if, if one of us did not mention the backside of water, we would have been uh, publicly beaten. Well, I'm, I'm making a list of all the very obvious ones that we're not making. but Yeah, because there there's a lot. And look, remember, everything that we've mentioned so far really – is not about water-based attractions or water-based right. experiences. There's no Cali River Rapids on the list. There's no waterfall in Pine. There's no, spl- I mean, how do we not have Splash Mountain, you know, some people would say on the list or even inside Splash Mountain. You have sort of the, you know, where the critters are down there and there's all the little jumping water and the fountains and things like that. So many attractions either are based on water or have water as an integral element of it but yet we're looking at things that uh, very much are not the case. Which means I can't wait to hear what your top one. So, you know, I'm looking at my list because, again, I did have um, a bunch of extra ones. And as I mentioned, Cali River Rapids, I started thinking more about Disney's Animal Kingdom. And we think about water. We think about, uh, you know, the natural aspect of it and nature. And I've been talking about some of these other waterfalls. But I think one of the... And some of the most beautiful waterfalls are actually over in Disney's Animal Kingdom. Um, they're on Discovery Island. There's a beautiful hidden waterfall on the sort of that secret hidden trail between Africa and Asia. If you kind of go in the back into the into the forest a little bit, there's a little walking trail there. Uh, Discovery River in and of itself and the waterfalls that flow into that. Uh, again, Animal Kingdom, I've talked about at length on the show numerous times. It's not a half day park. It's a park to be savored, to be explored, to be enjoyed and to walk through slowly and appreciate little details like that. And I think unfortunately for so many guests that are there with limited time, maybe because limited budget, they only have a couple days in the park. It's a, it's a matter of getting from attraction to attraction and they don't stop and smell the roses, look at the animals or just enjoy the serenity of a waterfall with divine walking by so um you know the waterfalls in animal kingdom and even discovery river which at one point was an attraction and who knows maybe someday we'll see it again uh if they can bring back the discovery river taxis in in some sort of a a different form or fashion but uh, I, i think animal kingdom is replete with wonderful little water features and waterfalls like that absolutely that's right i don't think that's really come up on our list so far yet but now that we're veering into uh, honorable <laughs> mention, I'm going to get mine in first. Go ahead. Because you probably have two pages of this. I don't. I don't because all the ones that I have are go with me here, people. Well, you know, we might have to do this, do an honorable mention list. And then uh, to forestall all the emails, here's the obvious ones we didn't mention, but that definitely are water features. But before we do that. My honorable mentions, and these are no in no particular order. I think following on the near miss aspect of some water features are the definitely hit water features, and I'm talking the 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 haha ones in Adventureland with the camel at the magic carpets of Aladdin and the tiki statues. And I still I saw it the last time I was there. I still 
get, uh, get can't get over every time someone gets caught when you're walking by magic carpets of Aladdin heading off to get your dole whip and you hear a yip from behind you and sure enough somebody got it from the camel or you get the innocent uh, yeah pose for a picture in front of the tiki statues no problem a little bit to the left so still a lot of fun every time I get Lou at that it's hysterical how I keep falling for it I have no idea I, I don't know you think after the first 27 times you would have you would have gotten it. Um, one of my favorite little, little moments, um, water-related, in Mickey's Philharmagic, is a segue from the Sorcerer Mickey segment to Ariel, and you get that big splash, and you get a few drops on your face. I just love that. I just love that movie, so I throw that in there. Um, I, I, this is one of those, I think, obvious ones that everybody's probably screaming, what about? So I'll just throw it out there, the fountain in the lobby at the Polynesian. Mm-hmm. And while we're at it, the fountains everywhere on property. The, as you go in, the uh, beautiful tall fountain off to the left. That's a, that's a gorgeous photo opportunity, if you will. Um, but but the the lobby is just spectacular. I took my parents; they saw it for the first time. They quickly thought they could put that in their backyard, but then they got rid of that idea pretty quick. But just a stunning sight, whether it's from the lobby level or from the second floor. Um, the last one I'm going to throw in there because. I can't wait to hear what yours are. This is a very off, off, off the beaten path one, but having just stayed at the Dolphin, wonderful <laughs> story, by the way. Now, it's not the fountain. It's actually, I, I was fascinated every time I saw it, was the entrance to Todd English's Blue. Oh, my God. I just fell you in love with you. List? I just fell in love with you all over again because it's on my list. <laughs> oh, it's just a fascinating architectural <laughs> waterfall inside the glass detail not that i've eaten there yet but that that alone will would hook me in to get in there just if, if you're in the swan dolphin area just just to look at it go check it out it's really fascinating you made this little boy smile from ear to ear because <laughs> i never i thought that was going to be the one that's he's gonna be like the what yes <laughs> the swan and dolphin the, the blue zoo sign oh. and now of course we have to go and eat there just so Absolutely. we can appreciate it so uh, I thought you were going to say the waterfall sort of over the shells outside on the exterior of the dolphin. That's sort you of know, I thought of that. Waterfall. That was one of those obvious. But yeah, they're, they're, they're it's um, to me akin to the the uh, fountain in, in Future World at, at Epcot. And in the sense that if you stand on the right side, you're going to get wet because I got the. Uh, Pretty much soaked last time I was there because the wind was blowing just right, and yeah, but it's it's a beautiful, beautiful fountain. And Tim, look, we would be remiss if we did certainly not mention some of the. You're right, some of the obvious things like the pools. You know, Storm Along oh. Bay was on my list because it is a water park at a resort. It's three acres in size. Uh, you know, there's a. Um, there's the lazy river and the kiddie pool and, and you know, the hot tub and, you know, so things like that and the Polynesian and, and Caribbean Beach and, and even over at Animal Kingdom Lodge and Wilderness Lodge, the pool areas themselves have and are incredible water features. And certainly there's many things to do in and around other water features like, you know, I was kidding around about Bay Lake and and. Crescent Lake, and you can take water rides and go parasailing. And, and remember the old days we used to go swimming and like water skiing? Swim? Uh, yeah, you used to be able to swim. You used to wow. be able to surf in the Seven Seas Lagoon. Um, 
I did have the great ceremonial house on my list, but I think the thing that a lot of people have already probably started emailing me about uh, scathing emails saying, <laughs> my God, man, how can you not mention the water features in Fantasmic? Yeah, you know, I, I was pretty sure that was going to be on your list. Uh, you know, it is such an integral part of the show. If you can think back, <coughs> excuse me, to the first time you saw it and you saw those projections on those water screens, the technology was so very new and the fountains that are part of it and just the action that takes place on the water with the floating scenes and the Steamboat Willie finale. I mean, there's so much, obviously, that makes that a water feature and a water-based experience. Certainly gotten me to think, and I know it's not Walt Disney World, but you know, Disneyland's World of Color uh, certainly would rise to the top of the list if we were talking about both coasts uh, as far as water features in the theme parks. Right. That reminded me, I almost, I was close to putting the water fountain sequence of illuminations on there too, but, but, but didn't. <laughs> yeah. And, and like we said, there's a lot, <clears throat> excuse me, that we didn't include, you know, we didn't talk about the water-based attractions themselves. You know, the, the ones where water is, is sort of a, a requisite element. I don't know why I keep thinking back <clears throat> to you know, the waterfall in Pirates of the Caribbean uh, and things like that, which are just so such a classic part of the storytelling and a classic part of uh, an attraction, which still remains one of the most popular ones in the parks. Yeah. And, you know, you wonder <laughs> how many did we miss? So I'm going to throw fountains and lakes and waterfalls. And... I'll throw one more in there just because, again, of the in inordinate amount of time I've been spending in Frontierland. Many people, Tim, especially if you don't have young kids, don't get a chance to make their way over to Tom Sawyer Island and walk to or through Harper's Mill. Uh, but if you look very closely, there's actually a water wheel on the side of that old red barn. And of course, you know, Harper's Mill is paying tribute to Harper Goff, of course. Um, and what, what Disney film? Uh, yeah. The Old Mill, the 1937 Silly Symphony, Old Mill. But yeah, there's actually a, uh, there's a water wheel on the side of the mill that years ago Disney had to replace. Um, the mill was just getting old after 30 some odd years. They made the new wheel so well using modern technology that when they put it on, it actually spun too fast. So they yeah. had to come up with a system in order to slow it down to make as though, it appears though, it was built uh, during that time period. So there's your little bit of trivia from Harper's Mill. Harper Goff, the old mill, and the wheel was too fast. You know, for whatever reason, you made me think of two – I'm sneaking in two more honorable mentions because they went – They meant <laughs> it was supposed to be on my list in my fake water thing. Storm sequence from the Enchanted Tiki Room and the storm sequence from Carousel of Progress. <laughs> Breathtaking stuff. All right, back to you. Well, then, then I have to – because I'm saying, you know – We've we have not been to Disney's Hollywood Studios, so just to give there somewhere, yeah, I'd sing it in the rain. Oh, we, that's right. We had Fantasmic. <laughs> what the heck? Let's throw in the water sequence at the beginning part of the backlot tour, mm. which for and years, 
was cool seeing how the special effects were made and, and guests become an interactive part of you know the filming of that scene from Pearl Harbor. So I wanted to make sure we give all the parks their their due. Catastrophe Canyon. Oh, that's right. Ah. So this really, we got to just stop calling it Shut top it tens. Just stop calling it top tens. We're going to call it the top whatever. whatever. Yeah, the top water features in Walt Disney World. Or um, the every single one we can think of. Yeah. yeah, but you know what? As as many as we mentioned on our collective and individual lists, I'm sure that there are ones that we missed. Uh, I, I certainly want to hear from listeners as to either A, my God, man, how did you possibly not mention this? Or what your favorite is. What is your favorite water feature? When you when you heard what this top 10 was going to be, what was the first thing that came to your mind? Uh, you know, is that the same that as your favorite? If not, what is one of your favorites? Whether it's a part of an attraction, someplace you like to go, someplace you like to rela- relax to watch or listen to the water, whatever it might be. Or something completely out of the box, something maybe we didn't think of, Tim, like your water that's not really water, um, number one, which which I, I still give you a big credit for. I like that uh, addition to your list. I get to come back. You get to come back. You get All to right. come back. Uh, again, please visit WDWRadio.com. Click on this week's podcast. Go to the show notes. There you can comment. Let us know. Your favorite water features, the ones that you thought of first, or maybe ones that we overlooked. Tim, tiny Tim Bananas Foster, you will be back to do more top 10 and other segments as well. I now think I need to take you to Blue Zoo. We'll have to just review it one more time just for fun. Um, And always, of course, you can find Tim over at GuideToTheMagic.com. And as you know, Tim is my partner, not just in sharing pickles and funnel cakes by the Grotto and Fantasyland, but on Celebrations Magazine as well. Bravo. That's all you got? That's all you got is bravo? That's all I got. That's all- <laughs> <laughs> I'm thirsty now for some strange reason. And you know what's really good? I didn't yeah. really bring up food in this list. Food did not make it onto my list other than the mention yeah, of the did. funnel cake. and pre- Well, but food was not an integral part. Like, I didn't mention any rest. Oh, Wait a minute. We didn't mention things like Mexico. Oh, here we go. Uh, Sorry. All right. I won't continue. (laughs) Just to make sure I get something in. Norway. The falls in Norway. That was a self-fulfilling prophecy there. I know. I know. All right, buddy. Thanks again. (laughs) All righty. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thanks so much for taking the time and tuning in this and every week. Before we get to the announcements, I did want to talk to you about something new that we're doing over at www.radio.com because Walt Disney once said that there is more treasure in books than in all the pirates' loot on Treasure Island, and we agree. And in fact, there is a treasure trove of books relating to all things Disney, and we saw this on the site as a great opportunity to broaden the Disney fan experience and study some of those works in a fun and informative way. So we are happy to announce the formation of the WDW Radio Disney Book Club. Now, in the club, we are going to select a book that we suggest the club members read. You can pick and choose which ones you'd like to participate in. Every week or so, we're going to post questions in the blog, on the WDW Radio forums, and on our Facebook page, and of course on the show, 
about uh, the book questions for that week. When the book is finished, we're going to devote a live show probably to discussing the book, maybe answering some questions, and if and when possible, maybe even have some of the authors join us for the show, answer questions of yours as well. Of course, anyone and everyone is welcome to join. There's no membership fees, no requirements, etc. Again, you pick and choose the books that you'd like to read and how much or as little as you would like to participate in. There's also going to be some uh, opportunities for some prizes, some guest participation, so be sure and stay tuned. And as always, we love your feedback and your thoughts so we can make this a valuable and fun experience that really enriches our collective appreciation and affection for all things Disney. So without further ado, we want to announce that our first book in the WDW Radio Disney Book Club selection is Kingdom Keepers 4 Power Play. That's the latest in the very popular series of books by author Ridley Pearson. The book actually just came out on April 5th. Ridley Pearson actually was in Walt Disney World for a book signing that we live streamed on Monday afternoon. Also had a chance to interview Ridley. We'll have that interview on the show and site very, very soon. And in this week's show notes at WDWRadio.com, click on this week's episode. I'll put an affiliate link to where you can purchase the book directly from Amazon.com. And again, be sure and stay tuned to the WDW Radio blog, the forums, or Facebook. Again, as we start posting some of the discussion questions, really looking forward to a great dynamic conversations about this and other books. Again, I'll put links directly into the show notes where you can find out more about the book club and again, purchase the book right from Amazon.com. And of course, speaking about being interactive, you know I like the show to be interactive as well. Be sure and email me if you have any questions to be answered on the show at lou at wdwradio.com. You can also call the voicemail toll-free at 888-703-2171. Be on the air, call in from the parks with a question, a comment, anything you like. Be sure and visit the website over at wdwradio.com. You can be part of the WDW Radio family and community by talking with other fans in a fun, family-friendly, safe environment and on our discussion forums. You can connect with me over on twitter.com slash Mangello or join the WW Radio friend page at facebook.com slash Radio. Also check out the blog posts, photo galleries, new videos. I promise more videos are coming very, very soon and lots more. Don't forget that in addition to the weekly podcast, you can join me every Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern at wwnewscast.com for a live interactive news show covering Walt Disney World where you can be part of the broadcast and the discussion and talk about the news with me and other Disney fans real time in the chat room. If you can't make the show live, you can catch the show on YouTube. Keep the conversation going there at youtube.com slash Radio. You can also watch it on wwradio.com or catch the audio-only portion in the regular WDW Radio iTunes feed. So go to iTunes, search for WDW Radio, and subscribe there to the show. Also want to let you know about some upcoming dates for the meets of the month in Walt Disney World. If you've never been before, we have casual gatherings of WDW Radio friends and listeners in Walt Disney World every month. Uh, There's no need to RSVP, no need to join anything. Anyone and everyone is welcome to come by and just hang out for a couple of hours Sometimes in the parks, sometimes around the resorts for those people that maybe don't have park tickets. I wanted to let you know about some upcoming dates for the next few months. Uh, April 30th will be April's meet of the month. I know I'm cutting it close the very last day of April. 
That will be in the Magic Kingdom. Stay tuned for the exact location uh, via Twitter, Facebook, and on the show. May's Meet of the Month will most likely be May 21st over at Disney's Hollywood Studios. If all goes as planned, Star Tours 2 is going to open on Friday, May 20th uh, at the studios. So we'll have a Star Tours-themed meetup and celebration. Of course, I'm sure we'll try and get a group ride in as well. For June, I have something a little special planned, and tentatively, the date is going to be June 11th. And I'll explain to you why I chose that date. But first, the meets themselves are not just about meeting each other, but sometimes about helping others as well. And the Dream Team Project is something that we started years ago to help those children with serious illnesses get to Walt Disney World uh, with the help of Make-A-Wish and working with Make-A-Wish. We've raised more than $90,000. We sponsored wishes for children, had some wonderful experiences, but there are others that are in need of our help as well. And June 11th is exactly three months to the day of the earthquake and tsunami, uh, a tragedy in Japan that is still ongoing. And it is not near to Walt Disney World. It's not related to Walt Disney World. It's on the other side of the world. But I wanted to do something and tie in with the meet of the month to try and help. So June's meet is going to be in Japan for Japan. We're going to hold it at the Japan Pavilion in World Showcase. I want to do fundraising for this cause before and after the meet of the month to aid with the enormous relief efforts that are going to be required to help Japan start to recover and rebuild. So many people have left homeless. Uh, the disaster is still going on. And, uh, and uh, I'm hoping that we can bring together the Disney community to help bring aid to those that, again need some of that Disney magic that we actually talk about. Please stay tuned to Twitter and Facebook and the show and the site for more information. I'll also be posting the fundraising page uh, very, very soon. And again, hopefully you can join us in Japan for Japan in June. Uh, Meets of the month after that, July. Not so sure about when that's going to be, but we've got some uh, exciting things coming up in August. We've got the D23 Expo. We will be out there once again and lots more coming up later on in the year as well. I, of course, want to thank, as always, my partners and sponsors, including MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. They're my official and recommended travel provider for all your vacation planning needs. Walt Disney World, Disneyland, Disney Cruise Line, Adventures by Disney, lots more. And you get not only the best possible discounts, but the incredible level of personal service that is the hallmark of Mouse Fan Travel. If you're looking for a vacation home within just a couple of miles of Walt Disney World, you want your own private pool, spa, kitchen, game room, multiple master bedrooms. You can get homes with up to seven master bedrooms. Go check out allstarvacationhomes.com. They've got two-bedroom condos to seven-bedroom homes, lots of great amenities, and so much more. Next time you're in Walt Disney World's Downtown Disney or go make a special trip and check out Bongo's Cuban Cafe, Wonderful live music and dancing on Friday and Saturday nights. Indoor and outdoor seating. Most importantly, great Caribbean flavors at lunch and dinner. Inspired by a sort of 1950s Havana nightclub. They also have three bars, an express window. You can visit them in downtown Disney or check out their site and menu over at bongoscubancafe.com. And finally, if you want to stay in the heart of Walt Disney World, one of my favorite places to stay really because of the heavenly beds and even more heavenly food at the 17 world-class restaurants is the Walt Disney World Swan and Dolphin. 
located right in between Epcot Center and Disney's Hollywood Studios. They've got great guest rooms, restaurants, lounges, Mandara Spa, lots of other special benefits as well. Be sure and check them out over at swananddolphin.com. As always, my friends, there's lots more coming, I promise you. I'm working feverishly to finish and announce a couple of projects. Don't forget to go and visit the shop over at www.radio.com. There you can purchase signed copies of my Walt Disney World trivia books, the audio guides to Walt Disney World on CD or download. You can also visit cafepress.com slash WDWradio. If you want to get some WDW Radio shirts and hats and logo gear that you can wear to the parks, and show you are part of the WDW Radio family. As always, my friends, if you like the show, all I ask is that you please help spread the word. Let others know about the show. Tweet out that you're listening to it. Share the link over on Facebook. And please come by, review the show and the free WDW Radio iPhone app over in iTunes. And as always, my friends, and you are my friends, whether we've met in person or not, I want to thank you again for taking the time and tuning in. So until next time, I hope that you become inspired to start to pursue your passion and follow your dreams. And once you do, always keep moving forward. Thanks again for listening. Hope you guys have a great week this week. See ya. Hi, Lou. This is Jen Trumley calling from Bristol, Connecticut. Uh, I just listened to your um, show with Jeffrey Epstein, Disney Geek from D23. And I have to say, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I always enjoy your show weekly. Um, I think you have a uh, wide variety of topics on and touch pretty much every aspect of the uh, world, so to speak, and I, I thoroughly enjoy listening uh, throughout my workday. Um, and I just want to say, as a D23 member, I do enjoy uh, listening to and watching Jeffrey Epstein's Disney Geek blog uh, weekly when I get my D23 newsletter, and I think it was great for you to incorporate uh, a piece of the D23 uh, aspect into your show um, and I just want to say keep up the great work. I love your trivia books. I enjoy listening to your show weekly. I um, enjoy your audio guides. I can't wait to have you put out more uh, for the other parks and um, as a Disney uh, nut myself, I am a self-professed mouse junkie and I absolutely enjoy uh, all aspects of Disney, especially Disney World and um, I just can't wait to uh, hopefully someday meet you and be able to uh, be involved in one of your meet and greet events um, or something like that. Again, I, I think what you do is great and uh, keep up the good work. And uh, I look forward to listening to uh, many more shows about uh, my favorite place in the world, Walt Disney. So thank you so much for your help. Hey, Lou. Ronnie B. here in Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, Long-time Disney fan. Uh, really appreciate your podcast. Uh, Watching the uh, Walt Disney Man Behind the Myth special on TV here really gives me a, just a, a great feeling that this guy uh, had some awesome, awesome concepts in his mind that he brought to reality. It gives me a, a, a positive feeling to, to work harder every day to make my, my feelings reality, and I know you, uh, you do the same. It's just a cool thing. Enjoy the show. Thanks. Hey, Lou. It's Mike Scabetta. It's um, Wednesday afternoon. We just got to the Magic Kingdom, me, Jeanette, and Blaze. And uh, they're doing a soft opening of the new Mickey Mouse and Princess Meet and Greet. And uh, Mickey Mouse side was a five-minute wait. They got a very large queue set up. We walked all the way right in. They um, 
stop you at two interviews to see how many are in your party. And then um, you actually meet Nikki and Minnie face-to-face, one-on-one, um, in their dressing room. And I took a few photos that I'll send you later. And um, they've got their um, their um, drawers open, and, and you can see their clothes uh, hanging up. And um, Mickey and Minnie spent some time with you. And there's a photo pass uh, photographer in there taking tons of pictures for you. And on the princess side, it was a posted 40-minute wait. And like I said, Nikki and Minnie was just five. Take care, guys. Bye. You got a friend in me. You got a